Welcome to In Ohio Country Today on WHIO Dayton's News and Talk, 1290 AM and 95.7 FM. I'm Dan Wilson, and this week our guest is Barry Ward. Barry is the director of the OSU Income Tax Schools, as well as leader of production business management at the College of Food and Agricultural and Environmental Sciences at The Ohio State University. We're going to be talking property taxes on your farm. We're going to be talking about economics. We're going to be talking about what you can can expect under this current administration. So some great information coming your way next, this week in Ohio Country Today. No one likes downed corn, but it happens, and when it does, you can't afford to lose any more yield. Pick up Lodger Down Corn with the aggressive Drago Cornhead, available at your local Apple Farm Service. Longer and more aggressive gathering chains translates into the ability to pick up down corn that sits lower to the ground. Alan Davis, business owner, active farmer. No one knows farmers' needs better than Alan. Give him a call today at 419-738-7447 and talk about total farm protection and more. Allen Davis Insurance Agency is your solutions provider for auto, home, life, business, recreational, total farm protection and more. Call 419-738-7447. That's 419-738-7447. Join the CR revelation with New Holland and Apple Farm Service. The famous twin rotor combine is now the world's highest capacity combine. Save on fuel and lower grain loss with the IntelliSense Combine Automation System. Stop into your local Apple Farm Service to learn more. Our farm department is committed to providing ag professionals the products, coverages, and peace of mind needed to run a successful operation. With our home office located in the heart of farm country, Many of us have first-hand experience when it comes to farming, and we know how to take out the risk. Under one policy, we can provide total protection of your investment, from your home and barns to your equipment and livestock. We also provide an outstanding equine coverage, from a homeowner with a single horse to a professional breeder and everything in between. Come join us and experience the Salina difference. Salina Insurance Group. Check them out on the web at salinainsurance.com. Welcome back to In Ohio Country Today podcast, part of the In Ohio Country Today TV show. And joining me now is Barry Ward. Barry is director at OSU Income Tax Schools. He's also leader of production business management at the College of Food and Agricultural and Environmental Sciences at The Ohio State University. That's a big title there, Barry. Thanks for joining us this morning. <laughs> Good morning, Dan. Pleasure to be with you. Well, it's a big title. I'm sure you've earned it. We're going to be talking about farm land values and land rent costs and taxes and all that fun stuff but first let's start with your background barry where you came from and how you landed here at the ohio state university yeah well thanks for that and um i grew up uh grew up on a farm in champaign county just west of columbus here around urbana just west of urbana and uh cash grain operation and uh, we also had a fair to finish line operation along with a commercial sheep flock growing up so we uh, were fairly diverse compared to where we are now and I'm still a very very small part of what's going on there but my dad two brothers full-time farmers and I've got a couple of nephews that are full-time as well all running the operation that's now a much larger and just cash grain operation so the livestock is uh has gone away unfortunately i guess uh, but uh that's kind of where i'm at i still actually live over there and commute back and forth here to campus 
You're listening to In Ohio Country Today podcast, part of the In Ohio Country Today TV show. And our guest is Barry Ward. He's director of OSU Income Tax Schools, as well as leader of production business management at the College of Food and Agricultural and Environmental Sciences at The Ohio State University. Barry was at Farm Science Review and talking in the Ask the Expert booth. Your topic this year, one of your topics included farm land values and land rent. Let's get into it. Let's talk about what you were speaking at the Farm Science Review to the participants there at the Ask the Expert booth regarding farm land values and land rent. What are we looking at this year? Well, we're looking at an explosion, at least in land values. And uh, that's something that um, I hesitate to say and don't say that lightly, but what we've seen and, you know, the things that we talked about are, are what kind of data we're seeing, you know, what kind of changes we're seeing, what kind of fundamentals are driving this change, you know, kind of uh, the, the main topics or the main issues that are driving this increase in land values and, and smaller increase in rents. But, um, and also what we're, you know, now seeing nine months into this year, as opposed to where we saw things at the beginning of this year. And there's even been significantly more change since then. So, uh, you know, that's kind of what we talked about out there at the review, looking at the data, looking at the fundamentals and looking at what the future, or at least the near term future might look like. So what's driving that change? What's driving that change, Barry? Well, there, there's a number of things, you know, if we look at land values by themselves and set aside rents for, for a moment, we have lots of cash, lots of money that is driving this. And we can go back to 2019, look at uh, some injections of money through the market facilitation program payments. Then on to 2020, where we had uh, the coronavirus food assistance program payments. And then the latter part of last year, where we started to see crop prices increase and uh, really uh, inject a lot of money, especially for cash grain crop growers. Livestock growers, on the other hand, you know, those farmers, they, of course, see things differently as they're paying higher prices for feedstuffs. So their margins, uh, grain producers' margins, increased and have still seen very high levels in terms of profit margins, potentially this year. It's the flip side for the livestock, but, you know, those, you know, the the injection of government payments, these ad hoc payments, as well as these much higher crop prices and probably seeing pretty decent margins next year, uh, although the margins are going to shrink a little bit, I think, because of higher input costs. So a couple of things there, injecting dollars along with continued low interest rates, you know, those those are the primary drivers that we're seeing across the Midwest as far as uh, driving these land values, these farmland values to really high levels. Do you, you see the fact that there is available cash and people yeah. have money to spend? Do you see land as being, and this might be a rhetorical question, but do you see land as being a safe or safer bet when it comes to investing that available cash? Hmm. <laughs> that's uh, 
That is a loaded question a little. Um, I think uh, short term, it's probably a good bet. Um, but I'm not certain, and I'm not going to say asset bubble, but I think that uh, we're a little uncertain as far as where we're going uh, in the short term in terms of margins. South America is looking to plant a pretty big crop. Um, if they do and they start out decent uh, with a decent weather forecast, we might see some softening of prices, uh, green prices. I'm not certain that we're going to have these ad hoc government program payments uh, again. Um, I think that we're probably going to fall back on the traditional programs that producers signed up for, the ARC PLC programs, uh, and that will be the extent of what the producers might expect. Uh, this is all a lot of supposition, of course. Um, interest rates uh, with the inflation uh being what it is, I think the Fed is going to taper uh, their purchases, asset purchases, and at some point, maybe even in 2022, we'll have a increase in the target rate, which might start to drive up these retail interest rates, which will take a little wind out of the, the farmland market. So I'm not sure where the near-term top is going to be, but um, I don't think some of these conditions that have really driven these land markets in the last eight to 12 months will be around with us forever. So is that a wishy-washy enough answer for you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it pretty, pretty well spells out, you know, what we can expect, you know, as far as the, the future is concerned. But I want to go back with, to something that you touched about regarding livestock. Now you come from a family that was a grain and livestock producer. You yeah. guys phased out livestock production for, whatever personal reasons you have. But when we look at the cost of doing business right now, and we look at livestock cost of doing business, producing li uh, that type of product, whether it's swine or beef or whatever, and that cost of doing business going up and land values continuing to go up, are we going to see more of a phase out of livestock producers here in the Buckeye State because of it? What are your thoughts well, on that, Barry? Um, it's uh, an interesting question. I've had many conversations with colleagues and, and farmers alike as far as uh, what the future might look like. You know, what what do we have in terms of livestock uh, livestock industry that's not mostly fully integrated? I mean, we look at the poultry sector we look at the swine sector and those sectors are already mostly uh, integrated, uh, fully integrated with, you know, these large uh, integrators that have all these satellite farms. But uh, so, you know, we, we have the dairy industry and we have the beef cow industry in, in, in my mind. Of course, the small ruminants are important as well, the, the sheep and the goats. Um, but focusing strictly, you know, on the, the two kind of beef, industry, the, the dairy and the beef. I think that, um, in my mind, the dairy industry is, is slipping towards that kind of a model. Uh, I'm not sure how quickly it will fully go to a, a model that looks like the swine sector, the swine industry, but I think we're, we're heading that way, uh, for better or worse, uh, beef cow industry. Mostly we have cow calf pairs, you know, throughout Ohio and that's, 
mainly because we have a lot of land that uh, maybe is not necessarily uh, suited for for uh, row crops. I think that industry might continue to look something like it is uh, for the foreseeable future. And I'm not sure if that's the question that you asked, but those are the, <laughs> those thoughts are always running around in my head as far as the future of some of these big livestock pieces that we still have. Is there anyone doing any kind of research with regards to the phase out of those particular farms where our dairy producers seem to be phasing out and yeah. going to more larger uh, production facilities. And then yeah. we see, we see a lot of farmers too, uh, starting to get into more specialty areas, uh, families that I know of that have switched from dairy to may, maybe raising Wagyu or, yeah. you know, black yeah. Angus, you know, something that's more, uh, profitable when it comes to the resale or the final finished sale of that livestock. So is there someone out there doing that kind of constant research so we can get these numbers in and we can figure out what that, what that future is for our farmers and the profitability aspect of it? Well, there's certainly a, a lot of, uh, special, a lot of folks here at the college. They're doing work in different areas. Uh, we have a number of, of folks that uh, that do work in the dairy sector, continuing to follow this issue much closer than than I am. I I don't tend to focus too much on the livestock or the dairy sectors, but uh, yeah, they're they're following it. They're doing research on different aspects of, of the industry, um, trying to uh, make sure that we're we're in tune with what's going on. As far as these other uh, other I guess, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of specialty markets that many producers, many farmers are, are exploring, finding, and um, even having some profitability in some of these sectors. Um, you know, those specialty markets, they, as you know, they act different than commodity markets. So there is uh, this real need to make sure that you are uh, either contracted for production to be, you know, priced and, and marketed at a, a good price, or, you know, we're, we're going to have a little bit more risk or we're going to be, uh, you know, we're going to be getting into the kind of that secondary, uh, piece and we're going to be manufacturing product and we're going to be selling it direct retail. So there's a lot of these things and, and we have a number of folks that are they're working in some of that direct marketing and, and some of that other kind of specialty uh, product area. So I guess um, I would say that that's not the area that I tend to work in very much, but we have a lot of people that, that do work in those areas. You're listening to the In Ohio Country Today podcast, part of the In Ohio Country Today TV show. Our guest is Barry Ward, and we'll be back with more Great information from Barry right after this timeout. Alan Davis, business owner, active farmer. No one knows farmers' needs better than Alan. Give him a call today at 419-738-7447 and talk about total farm protection and more. Alan Davis Insurance Agency is your solutions provider for auto, home, life, business, recreational, total farm protection and more. Call 419-738-7447. That's 419-738-7447. 
You're listening to In Ohio Country Today podcast, part of the In Ohio Country Today TV show. And our guest is Barry Ward from The Ohio State University. We're talking about farmland, economics, tax issues. One of the things we, we want to talk about, Barry, that you had at Farm Science Review as far as a speaking topic was concerned was, will my taxes increase under the Biden administration? So let's talk about uh, those tax structures, if you will, that are currently in place in, in some of the things that are going to affect our farmers, our people in the agricultural industry when it comes to tax issues. Right, Dan. Yeah, there. it seems like since uh, since the spring, there's been a lot of discussion, ongoing discussion about legislative proposals that uh, might include some tax changes that then in turn might impact the way farmers uh, do business, the way they, they might have to file their income taxes and so on. So uh, this, uh, of course, this was n- not news to us. Uh, President Biden ran on some of these issues when he ran for president. Um, so some of this and the big one of the big pieces that he had talked about was anything in terms of tax increases would only impact those that had uh, taxable income over four hundred thousand dollars. Of course, that number's been thrown around a lot. But what we've seen is uh, since the spring, and we had the American. Uh, jobs plan and the American Families Plan. Those were the proposals that were uh, set forth from the administration. Those have changed a number of times, and we see change almost weekly now as uh, the Senate and the House have continued to wrangle over what they might be able to pass and what they might might be able to make work. And uh, more, there's been more change this past week as far as. Uh, what might actually be able to happen. We've got uh, this bipartisan infrastructure plan that really doesn't have a lot of tax uh, ramifications for us. But what we're focused on and what we've been continuing to follow closely and have discussions with farm organizations and farmers is this bipartisan, or I'm sorry, this, um, the, uh, the reconciliation bill. This reconciliation bill is uh, the one that uh, the throw the, the number that's been thrown around for the last couple of months is a three point five trillion dollars, and uh, the Senate Democrats uh, had put forth a framework as far as the tax changes that were going to be necessary to pay for this. So this is what's been swirling around. You know, you and I'm sure others. Uh, in your organization have followed this as well, but um, there, there have been some, some major pieces of this as far as potential tax changes that I think, you know, are, are kind of rise to the top in terms of levels of concern for, for farm business owners. Um, you know, we, we talk about the one that's gotten the most press and uh, gotten the most attention is what they term the elimination of stepped-up basis, which in my my experience, that's named incorrectly, <laughs> but uh, that's the way that uh, it's been described. And what we're talking about here is under the current law, uh, the dece- a deceased person, their estate, and the assets pass through to the heirs, and any appreciated assets, and we're talking for farm business owners, mostly 
we're talking about farmland. From the time they bought it or inherited it themselves to the time when they pass and the property passes into their estate, you know, there's oftentimes a lot of appreciation in that asset value, right? So um, what we now have in current law is that we get a tax-free stepped-up basis. In other words, that farmland passes to our heirs uh, at the current fair market value. So they inherit that at that current fair market value in terms of the tax basis. So that's the way the current law is the proposals that include these tax changes would suggest that that appreciated value would be subject to tax or that gain would be subject to tax. So it's a big change, you know, and that's the one that's got everybody concerned. Most small business owners, farmers in particular, because we oftentimes have assets that namely land that appreciates in value. So that's one. There's two or three others that I think are getting a lot of attention as well. Uh, capital gain tax rate increases, you know, whether or not capital gains, and right now the top rate is effectively 20%. One of the proposals early on was that it was going to be subject to ordinary tax rates. So those are typically much higher and uh, could top out at, you know, 37, 39 plus percent, depending on how these proposals uh, go and if they're ever passed. Uh, the House introduced, the House Ways and Means introduced uh, as part of their framework to pay for some of these potential changes, a change in the unified credit or the estate tax exemption, if you want to think of it that way. Right now it's 10 million adjusted for inflation, which is 11.7 per person. What the House, you know, language would uh, then change would be to move that back down to five million adjusted for inflation, so around six million per person. So, it would probably trigger uh, some more estate tax for some individuals, and uh, so those are three pieces along with the one of the headlines is the change in the corporate tax rate. But for most for most folks, it would be. Uh, not an issue. Most farms have low enough income and it would be a tiered uh, type of corporate tax rate. And then the one thing I'll mention one last thing is that it's not tax increases for everyone. One of the things that uh, the, these proposals would, would push for and include is a continuation of these increased child tax credits. So for families with uh, young or children in general, they would continue to get a lower tax bill in most cases. So, sorry, that's, that was pretty long-winded, but those are some of the key pieces. Oh, not at all. I mean, that, that uh, don't apologize for your time because these are important issues facing our farmers. And, you know, we talk about capital gains and we talk about, you know, that stepped-up basis the the fact is is that we can lose what your family has you know that legacy farm that's out there we can lose our ability to produce our food and produce to the level to where we can support our own people and this is this is a very important issue because you know that value of that farm even though it is an important aspect of income for our farmers it can also be 
an incredible liability in the eyes of other people who want to basically take that value and use it for other purposes. So, you know, the potential loss is it could be devastating to our ag community and our production ability here in the United States. Some of these pieces could be, however, you know, one thing that I did forget to mention, there were some exemptions that were included in, in some of the language uh, that, you know, each individual would be able to have a million dollars of capital gains without the higher tax or uh, some of the later Senate discussion was five million per person would be able to pass uh, without uh, taxing that gain on stepped-up basis, um, or uh, even a twenty-five million dollar exemption for a farm business. So, they I know that the legislators were fast at work trying to address some of the concerns from the farm community to try to make sure that some of those things happen, but. The, those exemptions, of course, were um, were discussed, but none of it's uh, none of it's set in stone at this point, as you know, because they're continuing to wrangle, and I'm not certain yet that they're going to get either piece of legislation passed, the reconciliation that we've been talking about, or the bipartisan infrastructure. There's been a lot of uh, disagreement, I guess you would say, in the last uh, last week. Well, needless to say, tax reform is is something that's extremely important to our agricultural community and uh, making sure that the viability of those businesses continue to be profitable is really what's at stake. Uh, this uh, This is a great topic, and there's a lot of information here. Barry, if people wanted more information about what you do or maybe even to contact you to uh, get some information from you, how do they how do they reach you, Barry? Yeah, absolutely. Um, welcome your thoughts and, and discussion. Uh, easiest way to reach me probably would be through email. Uh, my email address is ward, W-A-R-D dot eight at OSU dot E-D-U. Or my phone number here on campus is 614-688-3959. So be happy to talk to folks. And we're looking forward to interviewing you on our television show in Ohio country today. And Maybe even more podcasts in the future as things change regarding land values and taxes for our agricultural community. Barry, thanks for joining us. Hey, it's been my pleasure, Dan. Thank you. And you've been listening to the In Ohio Country Today podcast, part of the In Ohio Country Today TV show. Our guest has been Barry Ward from The Ohio State University. And if you want more information, as always, check us out on the web at inohiocountry.com. That's inohiocountry.com. Have a good day, everybody.